You expire, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O fount of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us, I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this, give day, us this day our, our daily, daily bread, and, and forgive us our trespasses, as we as forgive those who trespass, trespass against us. And lead us and not lead into, temptation, into temptation, but deliver but us from evil. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Catholic, the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the precious body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the precious body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. 
for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the precious body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the precious body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the precious body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, 
Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. My name is Father Robert McDermott. I'm from St. Rock Church in St. Louis, Missouri. Catholic Radio is important to keep Catholics informed about Catholic events. We know in the mainstream media there's many times that Catholic stories are distorted, and so Catholic Radio is important to present the truth with clarity and fairness. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome to Healing the Whole Person, our wonderful weekly show about healing. And we have a surprise for you today. We have a new priest host who has not been on this show before. And he's a, a very longtime friend of mine, and he will be a friend of yours before long. He is Father Patrick Greenow, OFM Conventual. And I'll just give you his, a little bit of his bio, and then I'll, we'll welcome him to the show. Well, first of all, Father, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Well, I'm, I'm in awe that you are here because I know how busy you are. So thank you for doing this. And um, Father Pat uh, was born in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and grew up in Indianapolis. And while he was a senior at Indiana, Indiana University, he was called to be a priest through the Rosary and the Eucharist, and he joined the Conventual Franciscans. Um, after ordination, Father Patrick served in parishes in Detroit and Peoria. 
He was then the director of the Franciscan Seminarians, then became guardian of Marytown for 11 years, and after which he was minister provincial for nine years. Recently, Father Patrick spent a year in Jerusalem on sabbatical, and then a year in Rome during the Year of Mercy, where he was a confessor at St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican. He is now pastor of four rural farm parishes in central Illinois and confessor for the poor Clares and daughters of St. Francis. Father Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you. God bless you. It's great to be here. Yes, it's wonderful to have you. You are one of my longest, uh, oldest friends and longtime friends, and we've done a lot together, shared a lot together. We sure have. I know. A long way. Many blessings. Oh, I know. We had so many and so many good memories. Um, And I'm excited for our listeners to get to know you. Um, I don't even know a lot of your early um, start. Um, You're... You're, would you be able to share a little bit about your vocation story with us, be, especially the Rosary and the Eucharist? That those are, it was, it's very, um, it's it's very focused. So, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, well, I'll try to keep it uh, short. <laughs> That's okay. When I was real little, when I was in fourth grade, I wanted to be a Trappist. If you can wow. believe that. Wow. And then, um, but then I got older and I got to high school and it sort of drifted away. And I got to college and uh, I couldn't find out really what I wanted to do in college. I kept changing majors from from pre-dentistry to business to finally to uh, criminal justice. And um, I had a girlfriend and, and for three years in college and, uh, but every once in a while, the Lord seemed to be tugging on my heart asking me for something more. And so finally, my senior year in college, I'll, I'll never forget it, mm. um, I had some good Protestant roommates. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, I was able to talk about my faith with them. Not my Catholic ones, but them. And so we would talk about the Bible and our faith, and we would share it. And I decided, well, it's time for me. I have one more year to graduate, so I better decide what I'm going to do with my life. And when I, before I was born, my parents prayed a 54-day rosary novena for each of the three kids. Oh, how beautiful. And that, for some reason, that came to my mind that I would pray a 54-day rosary novena. And this was uh, 1978, August of 1978. And I didn't ask for a 54-day rosary novena is where you pray 27 days in petition for something uh-huh. and 27 days in thanksgiving, uh-huh. all in a row, um, without uh, without a break. And I prayed, Jesus, through your blessed mother, tell me what you want me to do. I didn't say, make me a priest or get me a, a job. I just said, tell me what you want me to you do. You asked for direction. That's all. I was. It was an open slate. Just tell me whatever you want. Well, can yeah. I can I just ask? Did sure. you say the your parents are the ones who said the novena before you were born? Did you say it then? I said it as a senior. In oh, college. okay, okay, okay. I yes. missed. Okay. I was familiar with the fifty-four day rosary novena okay. because of my parents, and so I thought, well, I will say one as a senior I see. in okay. college okay. to seek where I'm supposed to go. And so th- my petition was merely, "Tell me what you want me to do." Mm-hmm. 
Okay, it wasn't anything direct. You know, sometimes people pray for for healing. Yes, or they pray yes. For, for money, or they pray for you know uh, the, the winning lottery. <laughs> yeah, right. You just prayed for direction. Just direction. Tell me what you want me to do. And after 27 days, um, I had I had prayed the rosary and petitioning that. And I was at Indiana University, and I went to the Newman Center, where they had First Friday Adoration, uh, Benediction, and uh, Evening Mass. And, of course, this was 1978, and it was hard to find Adoration or Benediction mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anywhere in the church at that time. Sure. And I will never forget, I, I walked in uh, the doors of the Newman Center in the chapel, and uh, I knelt down from the Blessed Sacrament, and... Instantly, instantly, every doubt, every question I had disappeared, and I knew I was supposed to be a priest. Oh, my word. Oh, you know, my word. All throughout college, you know, I had a girlfriend, and sure. I thought, well, I want to get married. I want to have a family like sure. my parents, and my friends are all getting jobs and businesses, and, and I went back and forth, back and forth, couldn't decide for three years. And as soon as I knelt down in front of the Blessed Sacrament, it was it was instantaneous. I can't even begin to explain it. I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. How beautiful. Every doubt, every question, uh, it all disappeared. That was some sort of a, a, a deep grace or something. It was. It was. I will never forget that moment. Oh, it was the Lord. first Friday of October of 1978. How beautiful. Yeah. So. Oh, so it was the Rosary in the Eucharist. It was the yes, both both Our Lady and Our Lord in the Eucharist calling you, touching you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Blessed Mother led me to the Eucharist. Oh, that's so beautiful. Is, Your parents must have been overjoyed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, they, I had that girlfriend for three years, and we were talking about getting married. Oh wow! <laughs> so I had to break that off, man. And uh, no, my parents now are, of course, are ecstatic. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but at the at the moment, it was it was difficult. I can imagine. Yeah. So, well, I've I really never heard that story uh, as uh, well as I know you. I didn't hear it in such beautiful detail. It's very moving to me. It it, 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 it sometimes I break down telling it. Sometimes I, I get through. It. I must <laughs> say, I had a few tears here. <laughs> I have to keep control. We're on the radio, but it's that was very touching. So I'm sure our listeners are loving it, too. So you found your way to the Franciscans. Yes. And then you worked in Detroit and Peoria. You became director of seminarians, uh, then guardian of Marytown for 11 years, which is when I knew you. Yes. And uh -huh. then minister provincial for nine years, which is when I knew you. Mm -hmm. And Father Steve McKinley and yes. Brother Juniper, who are with you now, right? Yes, they're down here in central Illinois. Okay, so beautiful. So... After all of that, um, you spent a year in Jerusalem on sabbatical, and and then a year in Rome. So in order to cover all those things, we have to. <laughs> it will take one at a time. But your year in Jerusalem, um, how how was that for you? And what was it like to to be so near the places where Jesus lived and walked? It it was paradise, to be quite honest. I bet it was. Um, I would I would tell people that the thought of being at Calvary for anybody is just beyond words. And I could, I would go to Calvary 
four or five times a week and just sit there wow. and say my prayers. Mm-hmm. And I could not believe how blessed I was to be able to go to Calvary anytime I wanted to. How beautiful. And sit there and pray. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was beyond words, beyond anything I could ever hope for. And so uh, Jerusalem was almost like, like paradise. Of course. And to go to all those places where Jesus taught and the, where the hour, he said the hour of father taught the hour of father. You, you went in all his footsteps, I'm sure. Oh, yes. E- everywhere. Emmaus. Did you go to Emmaus? Uh, yes, I did get to Emmaus. Yes. And on and, the road where the disciples met him. I mean, I just, it, it's all so real when you're over there, right? It is. And when you can go repeatedly, as I did, uh, over and over again to the same places rather than being rushed, it uh, it begins to soak in, mm-hmm. in in ways that you don't. E- even now, I don't fully grasp everything that, that I was blessed with. Right, I'm it's, sure. I'm sure. Like seeds that are planted, and slowly uh, the reason and the purpose and the fruit bears bears fruit down road down the road. Of course. Of, so I'm just now because of the the story you told us about your vocation. Did you have any more experiences where Our Lady and Our Lord just touched you so deeply over there, or was it all like that? Were you all your days like that? Well, let me see. Um, it's strange. Oftentimes, I think when we go on pilgrimage, like to Lourdes or mm-hmm. Fatima, we're looking for that that special grace yes, moment. Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes we don't get it, yes. and then we wonder why not what happened did i do something wrong right right well the interesting thing is i would go to calvary no four or five times a week Mm -hmm. and i'd sit there for an hour each time Mm -hmm. and the truth is i got nothing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. and as i look back on that the thought comes to my mind well calvary was a place of such suffering Yes. I should not receive consolation oh. in Calvary. Mm-hmm. I, I should I should experience the the, the abandonment, the emptiness, wow. and the loneliness. Wow, that's what we really should experience at Calvary. And so I did not receive any consolations or insights. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I I think I just probably just persevered mm-hmm. of that hour of dryness, mm-hmm. but of tremendous blessing to sit there yes at calvary you know i think you did receive an insight that it you know it was not about consolation it was about abandonment and loneliness and and pain right yeah because that's what calvary is right right you know when if if we really want to unite ourselves with our crucified lord Mm -hmm. that's what we have to be willing to accept is the loneliness the abandonment um the pain, the rejection. Yes, yes. Man, yeah. what a grace for you to be there for so long. Yeah. <laughs> so, and But you did a fair amount of writing, too, because you were posting a lot on Facebook. Yes, I wrote a homily every day um, while I was there. So I would sit after, during the Mass. I had a private Mass, and I would sit and write a homily every day. You had your own Mass? Yes. Oh, how wonderful. And I also wrote... Um, Verses about being an everyday hermit. Mm-hmm. This is about uh, living alone, mm-hmm. uh, a life of somewhat solitude, but not the kind you see of St. Anthony in the desert, but about people in their everyday lives. Many people live alone. Yes, yes. 
you know, yes. widows, widowers, um, single people, uh, even married people sometimes live very lonely lives. Yes, yes, yes. Or, or solitary lives. And so I wrote about how to be uh, a hermit, how to be a, a man or woman of prayer. So I had about, oh, maybe 20 meditations I wrote on that mm -hmm. as well. I remember reading them and thinking how powerful they were. You, you write from deep within your own heart, which is just so moving and so real. Um, I, try, I try to write from my experiences, and hopefully they, are, they resonate with other people's yes, experiences. Yes, well, they sure do. Um, do you have any samples of those with you? Um, I don't want to I, put you on the spot. No, no, no. You're not prepared for that. That's okay, because they're so powerful. You bring me back if you want. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll come back. But you, okay. I know you have plenty more to talk about, so let's continue on. Sure. And then we're going to go to Rome now for the um, the Year of Mercy. Yes. So you left Israel, um, I, uh, and uh, were, you were asked to go to Rome, right? Yes. Uh, my year in uh, Jerusalem was ending. And I was planning on coming back to the United States, mm -hmm. uh, which was to be expected, and come back and and, and work in the province as, as a priest and a Franciscan. Uh -huh. And uh, oh, about a month just before I was supposed to return, the uh, the Minister General of the Franciscans uh, asked if I could be a confessor at St. Peter's in Rome for the Year of Mercy. Wow. Well, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my mouth just dropped it's not your everyday invitation no and um it was so out of the blue that i knew it was from god oh man i think oftentimes when you least expect it uh -huh. is when you know it's from god that's beautiful because you, you didn't imagine it you didn't create it yes you didn't dream about it on your own yes uh, this was something i never ever expected to be uh, uh, asked to be a confessor at St. Peter's. So what and was your so, reaction? Did you automatically say yes? Um, well, I got it through an email mm -hmm. of the request. Okay. And um, I think I probably contacted some okay. some friars and, and my parents, but I, I knew from the very beginning it was going to be yes, because I just knew this is what God wanted. Sure, sure. And, uh, so oftentimes you don't know what to expect. Of course. But you know this is what God wants, so you say yes. You know, God seems to have a way of coming into your life in <laughs> beautiful ways, you know? Um, he your, does, yes. <laughs> your vocation and then Israel and all the other graces you had, Guardian of Marytown, Provincial. Um, it just goes on and on, Jerusalem. So, um, so okay, so then you get to Rome. So tell us, tell us a little bit about it, getting started. Okay. Um, well, the, the conventional Franciscans um, are the regular confessors uh, for the Pope at St. Peter's Basilica mm -hmm. for the last 200 years. Okay. Uh, of course, the Pope is too busy to hear confessions. Right. And so he asked the conventional Franciscans 200 years ago, Pope Clement XIV asked the Franciscans to come to uh, St. Peter's and, and hear confessions uh, seven days a week. And so we have a house inside the Vatican, inside the walls, called the Penitentiaria. And we have friars from all over the world there who hear confessions in about every language you can imagine. Amazing. And during the year of mercy, um, 
they wanted extra confessors because there would be so many pilgrims mm-hmm. coming. Sure. And so, um, so I, I did. I lived at, uh, in, but I did not live inside the Vatican. I lived uh, at Santi Apostoli, which is uh, uh, near the Victor Manuel Monument in Rome, if anybody's been to Rome. Mm-hmm. And in Santi Apostoli is where the apostles Philip and James are buried. Oh, beautiful. And that was so powerful because I could go down into the crypt and, and, and pray before the relics of, of, of those two apostles. Oh. And it's, it was a, a amazing uh, to be in the basilica there. Of course. And every day I would walk to the Vatican, um, and it's about a 45-minute walk, and I would show my pass to the Swiss guard, mm-hmm. and the Swiss guard would salute. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're, we're part of the papal household, so uh-huh. the Swiss guard has to salute, uh-huh. so they would salute, and I'd, I'd say buongiorno, and uh-huh. I'd walk through, and I'd, I'd, suddenly I'm inside the Vatican every yeah. single day. Amazing. And um, I would go to, uh, then go through the back door into the Saint, in St. Peter's Basilica. There's, there's a back door inside the Vatican, mm-hmm. and you go through that door, and uh, it's just... It's beyond words. Of course, of course. There's so many times I'd walk through St. Peter's and I'd have to pinch myself. Saying, that you're there and you're doing I this. I cannot believe I'm, I'm working and ministering <laughs> here at St. Peter's. <laughs> um, wonderful. It's it, just it, wonderful. It's, it's beyond words. It, beyond words. So now tell me what it was like hearing confessions there. Okay. Well, um, confessions, they were. I, I've been a priest for since 1987. Mm-hmm. And I have never heard confessions like these. Really? Every single day, the confessions were were beyond anything you could imagine. The power, the beauty, the healing, the, the sorrow, the tears, everything. And I, did, I never said it because as confessors, you don't discuss anything with anyone. But mm-hmm. I wanted to look at the other confessors and say, are all your confessions like this? Really? Are they so powerful and moving and, and uh, consoling and healing and forgiving? Because every day wow. I would have an amazing, at least one, a, amazing confession and, and many, many more beyond that. When you say amazing, can you say what that means? What, like, give us... Oh, well, I, I'd have people come who, who, who were dying. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they would pour their heart out to you. Mm. you know, I, I can tell this one story, because there's nothing in, in about it. Um, this man came, and, and I would often ask, well, what brought you to come to confession? Mm-hmm. And many people say they'd walk into St. Peter's, and they're so moved, they, were, um, they just felt they had to come. Mm-hmm. And th- this is difficult to tell. Really? It's emotional. It is the the man came, and I said, "Well, what after the, after a confession, I, and and uh, he was dying." Oh my! And I said, "Well, what brought you here?" And he said, "Well, I wanted to come to Rome to go to confession and pilgrimage before I died." Oh man! And so I can get back in one month, so I can. Celebrate my little girl's seventh birthday. Oh, before. my word. Oh, dear. Now you're going to have all of us in tears. Yeah. Before oh. I die. Oh. And I said, well, where are you from? 
and he, and he said it was it was Father Steve's hometown. Oh no, your uh, Father Steve Indiana. McKinley's hometown. Yes, and I said, oh my gosh, I know where that is. I grew up a stone's throw from there. Oh no, and and I said to him, I said, well, did you hear about the 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 door of divine mercy? You know, uh, the the holy door. Did you walk through it? And he goes, no, I don't know anything about the holy door. I said, oh, you've got to come with me. So I, I, I stepped out of the confessional. I took him by the hand, and we walked through the basilica. We walked outside, and I said, this is the holy door. Oh. And and this is, and you walk through the holy door, it's like you're walking through into paradise. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. So I said, you know. And all the, and, and what, and you get great gifts from walking through the holy door. You get, you get, the, you get a, a. The plenary indulgence. Oh, my word. And he wasn't familiar with that. I said, he, he, I so he got a plenary indulgence. And um, that was just one among many. Oh, so you actually got out of the confessional and you took him to the holy door. Oh, yes, yes, yes. How beautiful is that? And, and, and we and it was, I will never forget that man. I, I don't know what happened to him or where he is, but... It was like almost every day you would get this. Oh, that's so, that's the most inspiring story ever. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. We're going to have to take a short break and we'll be okay. back in two minutes. I am Bishop Don Hying from the Diocese of Gary, Indiana. Catholic Radio has a remarkable reach into the minds and hearts of all sorts of people who may not be going to church, who may not have any other connection to learning about the faith. I know so many people have grown in the Catholic faith because they listen to Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hi, this is Wes Riccio from the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin, wishing all of you a very blessed Advent season. Holy Family has a great selection of Advent wreaths, calendars, and devotionals 
to help you prepare for the coming of the Lord. And this Christmas, why not consider a gift of faith for your friends and loved ones? Whether you are shopping for a child or adult, Holy Family has the perfect gift. From cradle medals to clinging crosses, baby Bibles to study Bibles, sacred jewelry to sacred art, Holy Family has it all. For 22 years, the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore has served as a resource for the faithful in Northeast Illinois and Southeast Wisconsin. Let us help you give the gift of faith. Our historic 164-year-old building is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin, just two miles north of the state line. More information is available on Facebook. Hello and welcome back. We're talking with Father Patrick Greenow, OFM Conventual. He just told us the most beautiful story. If you missed it, you can um, get the podcast um, of his year of uh, hearing confessions in Rome during the Year of Mercy at St. Peter's Basilica. So Father Greenow is pastor of four uh, rural farm parishes in central Illinois, and he's He's a confessor for the poor Clares and the daughters of St. Francis. Um, Father, I was deeply touched by your story. You probably have a lot of stories. Um, so my, I guess my question is, you know, the power of confession. Um, tell, talk to us about the meaning of, of what we're doing in confession and why is it so important? Um, well, I have to admit, you know, well, I heard confessions all my priesthood. Um, the, the, the beauty, the power, uh, the, the grace of it really came home during this year of mercy. Because mm-hmm. um, that's all I did. The, the confessors, you, you hear three hours in the morning and two in, in the afternoon. And uh, you have people from all over the world come wow. with all different kinds of uh, Problems, yeah. heartaches, sorrows. Yes. And confession really is is not just about forgiveness, but it's also about healing. Yes. Uh, it's it's really about the healing of broken relationships. Um, our broken relationship with with God, our broken relationship with our neighbor, mm-hmm. and in, even the broken relationship we have with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we are our own worst enemies, and we need to make amends, make peace with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And all that takes place in confession, mm-hmm. all that healing, all that mercy, and all that forgiveness. And if, if people only realized, I was thinking the other day, people pay hundreds and thousands of dollars for therapists. Mm-hmm. Of course. And, and the grace of God is free. Right, right. The mercy, the healing of God is all free. It's like the passage in the scriptures. Come to the waters and drink without cost, without price. It's all free if we would only take advantage of, of, of the free grace and healing of God, especially in the sacrament of confession. You know, it was a grace for those... Well, I think maybe to go to St. Peter's is a grace just to be there, but somehow God must have given them the grace to give those beautiful confessions, you know, to to bear their souls and to empty themselves out. Um, I don't know if it had anything to do with being in St. Peter's, but I think maybe it did. But what a gift. I mean... Oh, it is. Oftentimes in St. Peter's, 
I don't think everybody plans on going to confession. Right. But as I said, they walk in and they're just suddenly overwhelmed and so moved um, that they, they, they want. Uh, I tell people confession is a new beginning. Every confession, whether it's your first or your hundredth confession, everyone is a new beginning, a chance to start over. And I think people, especially at St. Peter's, who come in there, that's what they're looking for. Right, right. You know, the, I don't know if I mentioned that the title of your reflection today is Continuing the Year of Mercy. And mm. this is very on point. I mean, confession is not only about sin, it's mostly about mercy, right? About Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I saw something in, a, um, in one book I was looking at about... Um, Pope Francis's uh, comments on divine mercy from uh, from 2013. He talked about the prodigal son. Um, God always waits for us, even when we have left him behind. He is never far from us. And so, when you think about the prodigal son, um, that the father was waiting for him every hour of every day, in spite of all that he had done. The son was always in the father's heart. I mean, that what what you just told me kind of makes me realize just the gift of this. Like, God is waiting for us. Yes, it, it, it's free. And he's not waiting to yell at us, to condemn us, mm-hmm. to, to charge us. It, it, it is a, a flood of mercy that he wants to pour over us, to wash us clean, to heal us, to restore us. It, it, it would it would just blow everyone's minds and hearts away if they understood how unconditional and how loving and merciful God is. The trouble is, I think um, a lot of us um, uh, um, in today's world, a lot of I don't I don't I don't want to categorize people, but a lot mm-hmm. of people out there in the pews, I don't think they realize the need for confession. You know, they don't realize the the state they're in and what what they're missing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what you're talking, I wish you could give this in every church, in every homily on Sundays, because people could wake up to the gift. That's the problem. They don't know the gift. That's true. And, and many parishioners, you know, the ones I, I work with, the ones who come to church on a daily basis, uh-huh. Are, are good and sincere people. Yeah, you know they, they don't. They're not really committing murder or these or these right. the, the great deadly sins. But even on the daily today basis, we need confession because we get used to our small sins. Right. That little loss of temper there, our yeah. anger over here, our pride over there. Yeah. And we just get used to this, and we don't grow in holiness. Right. Right. We don't grow in deepening our relationship with God, our our, our family, our friends, our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just get used to living uh, a mediocre life. I think that's a good point. Um, it's almost like our car. It'll go along, you know, but if it needs an oil change and it doesn't get it, it's going to kind of break down a little, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I tell people, you know, by going to confession on a that our, our souls are like a garden mm-hmm. and in, in the garden weeds always crop up mm-hmm. and if you go to confession on a regular basis those weeds in the garden of your soul stay stay small and low and they're easy to, to, to dig up but if you wait 
months and months and sometimes years, those weeds will overtake the garden of our soul. Mm, I like and, that. And, and the beauty of our souls gets lost in the weeds, and it's much harder to uproot those things. Right, right. So uh, regular confession keeps the, the garden of our souls as beautiful as it's supposed to be, the way we're created to be. That's so beautiful. Really, that's inspiring. I, I hope everybody will tune into this podcast and share it with your friends. You know, it is online, wsficatholicradio.org, and you can listen to Father, um, listen to this over and over and send this as an email. I often do that, um, which I'm going to do with yours, Father. It's wonderful having you, really. It's um, good to have reconnected with oh, you. Oh, good, again. I know. So, and also now you... You um you developed a, like a retreat, which you shared with me, about mm-hmm. Jesus's last days, um, and can you tell us about that briefly? We have like twelve minutes left, and I want to uh, save a few minutes at the end to pray for some email re- prayer requests. So maybe seven or eight nine minutes. Oh okay, uh, the last days of Jesus. The, yes. This was, a, in a certain sense, a revelation. I had been living in, in Jerusalem for like, oh, eight months. Mm-hmm. And I had visited everything in Jerusalem, everything on the Mount of Olives, mm-hmm. you know, everything you can imagine in um, the Sea of Galilee. And it, uh, there's an awful lot to take in, in all these things. Well, sure. And then one day, it, it just all seemed to fall into place, especially the last days of Jesus from the Palm Sunday vigil of Saturday night Mm -hmm. all the way up until uh, Easter Sunday morning. Uh, No one taught me this. No one, I didn't read any books. I think the Lord spoke to you. I think he taught you. And um, (laughs) I was able to trace his steps and his words all the way from that Palm Sunday vigil on Saturday night all the way to... uh, Easter Sunday. You mean and just I, by Scripture, just by going along with what was in Scripture? That's right. Wow. And as I shared with you, not only uh, what he did each day, but when we get to Holy Thursday, you can almost trace him hour to hour from where he is from the from the his his Last Supper. Every hour, you can trace where he is mm. and what he's doing and what he's experiencing and enduring all the way up until he is resurrected. That's amazing. That's and amazing. Um, it just makes makes it also so special to uh, to have walked in his steps and to be and anybody can do this. Really, you, you can. Um, there, I did see. Uh, you gave me a book. Oh, uh, the crucifixion. Uh huh. That book does the exact same thing. Mm hmm. And and I would highly recommend it because um, it will really open up people's lives uh, eyes about Jesus mm-hmm. I, you know the Mount of Olives um, I don't think people I've shared with you people realize how much took place in the Mount of Olives Tell us. not only was the Garden of Gethsemane there but Jesus taught uh, the Our Father there mm-hmm. um, Jesus ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives mm-hmm. he is going to return on the Mount of Olives mm-hmm. um, that was where he taught the parables of the uh, wise and foolish virgins and the parable of the talents and the parable of the least of my brothers and sisters were all taught in the Mount of Olives 
And that's where he wept over the city of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So th- there's just so much in the life of Jesus. You know, um, and and you, I mean, I've read scripture, but you seem to have gotten down to a depth of it that I'll, I'd have to go back and try to do it myself to to figure all this out. But you have done it, and it's amazing. I I wish you'd put this in a book or something. Well, I have given this retreat um, to, to several groups. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like giving actually the retreat, sure, because then people can experience it. Yes. You can interact. You can discuss. You can pray about it. Yes, um, and it, it's 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 very moving. I think in that way. And it's, you have images to go with it, don't you? Oh yes, every everything from the Holy Land, from the actual place. Beautiful. We walk through the actual footsteps of Jesus. Oh, um, this retreat. How, how magnificent. You know, I have a question. Someone asked me some, or we were talking about Calvary, and they mm-hmm. said that, Cal, that there wasn't enough room on Calvary for people to even stand around. It was like it went up a hill, and, and there was like, there was Jesus' cross and the two other crosses, and that was it, and there was no other room. Do you, do you know anything about that? Well, when you look at Calvary, it's 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 a small hill. Mm-hmm. It's 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 barely a hill. Right. It's not like not like we think of hills. It's right. like a mound. Yeah. It's a mound of of rock. We think of Cecil B. DeMille in yes, his, yes, yes. magnificent movies of these sloping green hills, but it's really more of a mound of rock. Okay. And if you go to the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. it doesn't say that Mary stood at the foot of the cross. It says Mary stood near the cross. The cross. You know, and so it it was such a small mound. There was only, and it's a very steep. If you go to Jerusalem and you walk up Calvary, right? Uh, you have to walk up probably oh maybe twenty steps, right? To get to the top, and you begin to see how steep Calvary is, and and, and this. So they stood around the base of it basically. Oh, the, uh, that's what someone told me. That's exactly yes. right. So they weren't at the top; they were down at the bottom. No, it was. It wouldn't be possible. You, you. There's. It's. It's. It's too steep and too small, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. to uh, to stand there with him, and the other two crosses as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and and you, so where where Calvary is now in the Church of the Holy Suffering, you believe that that is the actual Calvary site of Calvary, without any doubt in my mind. Really? Yeah, because um. Uh, not only the scripture, mm-hmm. but tradition, mm-hmm. history, and archaeology all come together and, and, and agree that this is the place. Mm-hmm. 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 And St. And Helena was led there, is that correct? Yes. And remember, for 300 years, uh, Jerusalem had been turned into a, a pagan uh, Greek city mm-hmm. after the Romans leveled it and, 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 and uh, tore down the temple and dispersed the Jews. It had become a pagan city. But remember, if um, if someone asks you, well, where were you born? You'll you can tell them what city. Sure. Uh, but if you ask if you ask me what I had for dinner yesterday, I might not remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the big events people remember sure. and the big event for Jesus for, for his followers was where he died right if you if you were willing to lay down your life for Jesus be right. a martyr for Jesus as all the early Christians were yes the one story you would pass on you would say 
this is where he died. Oh, of course. It was over there. Of this course. is where he shed his blood for you. This is where his heart opened up for you. This is where the water and the blood poured out. This is where you were saved. They would remember. Mm -hmm. That's the story of all the stories they would pass on. See, it was there. And so they passed the story on from one to another to another, generation to generation, until Helena came searching for the cross. Yes. And she found Christians who were still living there in Jerusalem. Wow. And they said, this is where you will find it. Mm -hmm. And she did. And she the, dug and she found the cross. And the, the way of the cross is there too, right? Yes. So the way of the cross, though, is all cobblestones and stuff. Well, Jerusalem is is not on the same level as it was oh, okay. at the time of Jesus. It's okay. 60 feet higher because the, the city had been destroyed so many times okay. and built up from the rubble. So, so, But there's kind of like the root. Is that is that what you think? There's still the root where he walked? They, it's not historical. Okay, okay. That's what most people say, because even in the Middle Ages, there was a different route as well. Oh, okay. The route that everyone walks mm -hmm, right now mm -hmm. traces back to the late 1800s. Okay. But it's not always so much the, 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 the symbolism of walking in those steps is just as powerful. Yes, yes, yes. You yes. cannot doubt... Um, I think I told you this once with a story. I had come back um, from Jerusalem, and I was here with Brother Juniper, and they were doing the Stations of the Cross. Mm -hmm. And and uh, afterwards, I said to Juniper, "Did you see it?" <gasps> I said, "Did you see it?" Because I no longer saw the Stations on the wall; I saw the Stations in my mind's eye in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. It was like I was there walking and it was one of the most powerful experiences i'd done stations all my life and you know you go through mm -hmm. one station after but i said to him i said did you see it and he oh. said he did oh my so walking the stations of, of the cross in jerusalem is it will be one of the most profound spiritual moments yes. of anybody's life yes yes and we did it i did it with you yes yes from with marytown Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a beautiful story. Oh, my. You know, I could listen to you all day. <laughs> we only have a couple of minutes left, and people have emailed for prayers, Father. So oh, can I tell you what the needs are, and then would you pray for people? Most certainly. And then, so I'll tell you the needs first, okay? So okay. there was, and Elizabeth is praying for financial blessings and for enough funds for our barn construction also praying for a job offer that she's been wanting. And then mm -hmm. there's an anonymous person who's praying, who has a broken heart and who feels helpless, hopeless and empty. And um, he loves God or he or she loves God very much. And there, there's some relationship problems that are really causing a lot of pain. So this person is begging for God's intervention uh, mm -hmm. to repair their broken heart. And then um, I have my little granddaughter, Ellie, who has cystic oh, fibrosis. Yes. And she's healing, but we need to keep her in prayer. And all the listeners, Father, um, after you pray for these people, would you pray for all the listeners? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we pray for Elizabeth, who, who is seeking financial assistance. 
that the good Lord out of, out of uh, the treasury of his goodness will help her with these financial difficulties so that through her blessings she might share these blessings with others. We pray that the Lord ease these financial problems and, and help her find the job, the job that will help her not only make money, but will also help her to be a good Christian. Uh, we pray for the brokenhearted that the Lord Jesus, whose heart was pierced by Lance and opened his heart up for us, might be a source of, of healing and peace and comfort and consolation for the brokenhearted, that their wounds might be healed by his wounds, by his, his tender mercy and love. And, and we pray for Ellie, and we pray for all the children who are, who are sick and suffering. Jesus said, let them come to me. I think of all the children who come to him most that he seeks are those who are sick and who are suffering, those the one he opens his arms to most. So we pray for Ellie and all those that they might come to his healing arms and be embraced by his his mercy. Thank you, Father. And now could you give a blessing to all our listeners? And for all those who listen to this radio program on a regular basis, may they find the peace, the comfort, the consolation that only Jesus can give, and especially the healing, the healing of his divine heart. And may Almighty God bless everyone, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father, for being with us. God Thank bless. Thank you, Joan. Can't wait to see you again. Me too. Thank you. on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.